0: we Welcome to The Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. and welcome to Sages Among Us on KBMR. My name is Taylor Wolfe, one of your hosts for the Sages Among Us, and my guest tonight is Ember Amador, Executive Assistant and Community Outreach Coordinator for California Heritage Indigenous Research Project, also known as CHIRP. Ember is dedicated to learning the true history and stories of the land she calls home as a commit as a commitment to her role as mother and in her work with CHIRP and as an engaged community member. So, Ember, welcome tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on with me. Hi, Taylor. How Good are you doing here. tonight? Welcome to me. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, that's so great. Um, I always like to to start out with our de- guest, just learning a little bit about what brought you to our Nevada County community when you moved to this area, and if there was a particular something that drew you to this area?
1: Yeah, great question. I have been living in this community for 10 years now, and I first visited this area 11 years ago to come visit friends, and the very first time uh, my partner and I drove through I really, I could just feel this place in my bones. It was a kind of an experience that I hadn't had before. And yeah, just had the call of like, wow, I hope there's some way that we end up there someday. And, and actually an, an opportunity arose the following year where we did some caretaking on land out in French Corral. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of began the, the love affair of being here in this watershed
0: yeah, and it sounds like, you know, you've created quite a, a beautiful life here talking to you and in, in some of our pre-interviews before the show and, and you have a family now. So you had your son in the area and are, are living, um, very intentionally off, off land in the area. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that, your background and, and your passions with your home life?
1: Yeah. Uh, for for many years, I've had interest in community and being in something that just had a feel of uh, living on land with others and, and having some way that our wa- lives were woven together. And I have had uh, with my my husband uh, a few experiences of living in different places where we did live with, with others, including uh, where my son was born, which was in French Corral. Um, we had a beautiful opportunity to be there for a few years and helping to do building on the land. We actually were a part of building the structure that my son was born in, And uh, but for the past year now, we've been living just outside of Nevada City uh, in something that has been kind of the closest to what our vision has been of intentional community, where there really is a lot of energy by the people on the land being put into caring for the land and being a support to each other in the ways that we can, having, you know, a food garden that we all work on together. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of input. I would consider this a fairly young community that we live in. And it also feels like there's a lot of just return on that in um, just in joy and uh, deepened relationships through doing things together, like, um, you know, doing clearing to make life or improving the buildings on the land, um, of course, doing the gardening. And yeah, I feel really blessed to have the experience of living community and it being in this place that it, that really feels like home to me
0: and um again in our pre-interviews you you lived here for a few years you had your son and you you told me about working with an organization called honey root uh which you described as a local nonprofit focusing on somatic education and i actually had to look up what somatic means Mm -hmm. myself um so it's a really interesting organization but i'd love if you could tell us a a little bit about it and Um, this first involvement in an organization in our community, or maybe it's not, maybe there's other organizations that you were involved in prior. Yeah, no, it it was, it was the
1: first when my husband and I moved here, I really was working mostly with him. He's an artist. And uh, yeah, we kind of had a little, you know, it was our little family thing. He still does his artwork. And when my son was born, I was a full-time mama and that was the case for, uh, two and a half years. And um, so honeyroot is something that I first experienced how, oh, I guess it was a couple of years before my son was born. Um, a friend who had started that nonprofit locally, uh, well, initially just as like offering a retreat for um, women identified people to I mean, I think really it was just an invitation to come to be together and, uh, different people, different facilitators came to present workshops that were in the somatic realm, which is really basically like educating and experiencing things through the body. It's really tuning in and, and feeling, um, just noticing like what, what's happening in your body, learning through like what your body is actually telling you and not having it be quite so mental. And, so I had experienced a couple of the Honey Root retreats prior to having my son, and they were really enriching, really connecting. Uh, it was, you know, for me, it, it felt like a, a space where I so appreciated being with the other women there and learning from what offerings they had. And then when my son turned, it felt like time, like we were both ready to have uh, just On in our lives. It felt like he was ready to be around kids more, and I was ready to have more of myself back. And it turned out that Honeyroot was looking for more support. And so I started working for that organization in a role of helping with event production and then just, you know, whatever general admin kind of things needed to happen. And, you know, getting that opportunity also to work with a dear friend whose organization it was. It was it was it was amazing timing that I was a really appreciative of, and to get to go from that experience of being so full-on in mamahood to now getting to discover myself through not only work that I appreciated, but also having a lot more time around other women, really. Um, yeah, that was a, a great experience.
0: Uh, you mentioned, you know, having much more time and kind of uh, getting out into the community more. Were there other organizations that you started to become civically engaged or civically involved with at this time?
1: Yes, I did. Actually, I think it was not long after I started working with Honey Root. I became involved with a local racial justice uh, team and that initially when we met, it was, you know, more uh, kind of getting to know one another and figure how group would be formed, like what the work would actually be of the group and having conversations with one another, processing events that were going on, both in the community and, um, you know, more nationally. And then at, at some point, like as, you know, we had better understandings of each other and what was important to us in making an impact in the community, we started creating... Um, offerings to put out little workshops that we would offer to people and and also connecting with the Nevada City Council to work towards you know how could our city be just more finding the ways where there could be more equity within our community basically and through my time in that racial justice group, I at some point went to an event at the Madeline Helling Library. It was a racial literacy event uh, being put on by another local group, and Shelley Covert was one of the speakers there. Nice. While I did know the Nisanon were the indigenous of this area, there. I really didn't know much of their story. I really hadn't educated myself on that. And I hadn't ever heard of of Shelly at that point. Um, and Shelly is the executive director of California Heritage Indigenous Research Project, as well as the tribal spokesperson of the Nevada City Ranchery Nisanon. And that was the first I heard her spoke, and that definitely had an impact on me to hear more of the story of the people who've always been here. And um, so that, you know, that kind of that social justice lens, I suppose, in terms of what, what felt important to have more understanding of and, and um, have a focus on. And as it turned out, uh, though I had never heard of Shelly or met her, um, it's something that, that meeting, that hearing her story, I happened um, into Shelly's path, and we ended up, like, quite spontaneously in a conversation. And it turned out she was about to have a meeting with another friend of mine who was also part of the And they were going to meet to have conversations around what CHIRP needed. And uh, I ended up being invited in meeting. And that started my volunteering with CHIRP, which has since then become a very big part of my life, actually.
0: Yeah, and so um, w- when did this all come together? When did you start, start with CHIRP, and what did that first role look like, and, and what has it evolved into today? That
1: would have been in 2017. I think it was early 2017, and it began as uh, really going to a, a few meetings with Shelley and this other friend, and, and at some point somebody else joined as well, and having conversations. We really on curriculum for chirp something something that would go into schools to where the local kids would be getting a more accurate. Education about the the Nisanan and um, you know knowing more about the times pre Gold Rush but also a more accurate account of Gold Rush and post Gold Rush times and so that that particular project uh, ended up being paused uh, for different reasons but I ended up starting to help with event production which I was already involved in at Honeyroot. And so that was great to like already have some of that experience and to be able to help out with the first event was uh, Nissan on heritage day in 2017. I wait the seventh or eighth Nissan on heritage day, but my, the first one I had been to. And so I became involved with the event production and it didn't take long before just realizing what kind of, just all that Shelley was taking on both as spokesperson of her tribe and executive director of chirp and that really she just was uh, and is still such a such a powerhouse that was really wearing so many hats and taking on so many projects and so it really kind of evolved into me being an assistant for her and helping her keep up with communications and scheduling and just supporting her and doing the things that i could that didn't necessarily need to be her doing them and just helping to grow the projects that were going on with CHIRP. And, um, yeah, and then the community outreach, too, to help build more of a volunteer team and, and to, to help build CHIRP's capacity. Grow the projects they were already involved in and also be creating the ones that, that were so needed by the tribe. And, you know, that's a work that still continues to evolve to, today for sure.
0: Yeah, and I believe Shelly was uh, was on Sages Among Us a few years back for any of our listener out, listeners out there who may be curious to learn more and want to go back and find that podcast and tune in to learn a little bit about more of uh, Shelly's story as well. Um, but, you know, you, you talked about Shelly as a powerhouse and really a driving force behind Chirp, um, and you've been in our community for a few years now. So what is... Uh, The impact that you see that CHIRP is having in our community?
1: Mm. That's a great question. I I feel like the timing that I began working with CHIRP, there was already, it it was already at the start of of where there was awareness, more awareness happening that the Nissanon. have always been the people of these lands, and that they're still here today. Um, but it felt like at really kind of at the at the very beginning, like in my because I've done some community outreach and like with the events, I would help with some fundraising and perhaps you know collecting donations from local businesses for raffles and things. and I was i was I was surprised I was that as many businesses as I would go into how often I might speak with somebody who was a fourth or fifth generation, uh, Nevada city, uh, you know, had, had been here for four or five generations and yet hadn't heard of the Nissanon, and just how like widespread that seemed to be. And each year that feels like that gap of, you know, of them being known is, It's just getting smaller and smaller. There's just much, much more visibility. And in the time that I've been working with Chirp, seeing seeing the shift of like where people were, maybe myself included, just starting to kind of wake up more to them being here. uh, To now being at a place where, and I think that part of this is just like our, you know, our political and social climate nationally. Being at a place where so many more people are actually reaching out to acknowledge that you know they they live here and how can they be in support or just appreciating that Chirp is around and I I definitely think that being I mean being able to have this nonprofit is crucial since the Nevada City Rancheria and Nissan are not federally recognized their recognition was illegally terminated back in 1964 and one of the main goals of Chirp currently is to get that federal recognition to federal programs that are already in place and to regain their sovereignty as a nation. And until then, CHIRP is, is vital as a means of getting the federal recognition to get grants and just being able to shape programs, just being able to create things that will support the tribe and, and where they are. Uh, today. And so, yeah, chirp has been crucial in in raising that visibility and in making connections with people in all different realms to be able to support that process of getting federal recognition, of ways to get into schools, of just the misinformation of the past and, you know, establishing the tribe here in some more solid yeah, uh, again, they have always been here.
0: I'm Taylor Wolfe, and I'm with Ember Amador, Executive Assistant and Community Outreach Coordinator for California Heritage Indigenous Research Project, otherwise known as CHIRP. Ember, thanks again for being with us. We just had a wonderful explanation from you uh, about the the impact CHIRP is having on our community and how you uh, initially got involved with the organization. I'd love to move into how the community can support or get involved with CHIRP and uh, some of the different projects you guys are working on right now. So um, maybe let's start out with, you know, earlier in our interview, you said that you you first met Shelley um, from CHIRP, which got you involved at uh, the Madeline Helling Library at an event. And it sounds like you currently have a, a story walk there if I'm not mistaken, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how people can engage through, through that piece?
1: Mm-hmm. And what we do. Through a grant that the Nevada County Library was with CHIRP, I think that was like a year ago now, Shelly Colbert, the tribal spokesperson for the Nevada City Rancheria Nisanon tribe, she wrote a a book about her Grandma Carmel that is, so it's in Nisanon and then translated into English. And it's a beautiful book. It It is actually available publicly now. Uh, and the library also turned that into a story walk. And that is around the Madeline Helling Library and Roots Center in Nevada City. There are multiple... Um, just uh, placards along a lovely walk on a path there that is pretty, pretty accessible. And yeah, that just shows the whole story. It's a, you know, a great thing for adults and kids alike to be able to to check out and just feel like to to get a story that is while newly written very much of these lands and kind of brings in a little of the, the magic and, and culture that's been here for so many years, so many generations. And the storybook can be found uh, at the website chirpka.org. It's C-H-I-R-P-C-A dot if anybody's interested in checking that out.
0: And right before we hopped on, you were telling me a little bit about the uh, Ancestral Homeland Reprocity Program. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that program that you guys are currently currently working on?
1: Mm-hmm. The Ancestral Homelands Reciprocity Program was modeled after the Shumi Land Tax of uh, of a Bay Area tribe, the Aloni, who who created that in the Bay, and it is uh, and it's modeled after, but unique in its own way too. And really, this is a program that. People to support uh, the tribe, and uh, pri- primarily in the federal recognition restoration, and in a mostly in a monetary way. There are other ways that people do end up um, signing on as participants, and AHRP is the acronym for the program. And but mostly, people will sign up either as individuals or as a business um for a monthly recurring donation and you know just in in the same way that now that the tribe and chirp don't do not think of this or represent it as a tax but often people will will write and say that as they recognize that they might pay property taxes if they're actually purchasing land that you know they're seeing it as the um as a way of uh of a of reciprocity of paying a tax for those who stewarded these lands for thousands of years uh, so, you know, however somebody wants to connect to it, it really is just an honoring of who's been here and the, land, the way the lands have been cared for, supporting this tribe and, and getting back to having a more secure presence in the area. And that, that program can also be found uh, through chirpka.org or going to nisenan.org, N-I-S-E-N-A-N.org. Um and yeah it's really a beautiful program it it started just with a very small team and a couple times a month and it, it really took a lot of sorting through to even just to come up with a name that felt comfortable and felt safe tribal council which is you know who guides chirp and who certainly guided the forming of this of this project uh, because certainly the tribe doesn't see themselves and SHRP doesn't see itself as a, as a charity um, and, that, and that, that's you know, not the desire to have handouts and um, this, the support in this way is so, is so vital for all of us to say that yes, we agree that, that this tribe should be federally recognized and, and should be standing strong on their own here in this community.
0: You know, you, you mentioned volunteer opportunities earlier as well. Um, so in addition to participating in this program uh, that you just mentioned, are there other ways that you'd like to share that people can get involved with CHIRP or support CHIRP?
1: Again, going to Uh There are places there where people can check out the art program, can uh, actually click you know a a donate button if you just want to donate or to volunteer Uh, typically that ends up being emailing me (laughs) and uh, I'll end up responding and just finding out like what is somebody's uh, experience what is their skill what is their way in which they might want to volunteer Uh, sometimes people do come and they have very specific skills like perhaps grant writing or creating maps and, um, you know, something that can be a specific prop, but a lot of times it's just people wanting to know like what can they do in in any given way, and a lot of- t- and a lot of times that support would be around producing events, or it could even just be um really as simple but as profound as learning more about the tribe and chirp and really knowing and feeling solid about um just who they who they are and how they want to be recognized, and being able to share that with other people, and really helping to support that that visibility and that accurate representation.
0: For the the last few minutes of our time, I'd like to shift a, a little bit more to the the why you do what you do, and why these community engagement or community projects are are important to you. Um, so with the different areas that you've been involved in as, as your story has evolved in this community what do you get back in return for this investment of of your time and energy and what makes it personally worthwhile for you?
1: Mhm. I think because community, uh, you know, the idea of community as as I might envision it has held such a just an important place in my heart and in my value system. Collaborating is really important to me. Um, I don't feel like my own happiness comes like just of its own accord. Like part, part of my happiness, my joy, my fulfillment is that I know that others around me get to experience those things as well and that we can be in it together. And so being able to participate in organizations or events that are are supportive of raising many up in the community that that feels most vital to me and i think that became even more potent for me when i when i became a mother to to have that responsibility of like oh my goodness now i'm like a guide for this other being for however many years that you know that that i might be followed by this young one and so that became a lot more crucial that what I do is important. It matters what I'm showing him matters. And when I recognize that learning through me, when I can actually get that reflection back of he's seeing what I do and then he's modeling that and, and that those are things that, you know, those things I'm seeing reflected back are things that I'm like, yes, that feels, that feels really good. Then that definitely is, it's, its own reward for sure. Um, I would say that, particularly with particularly with my work with Chirp, just in the way that it has a sensitive feel to it. It's not just working with a nonprofit that brings so much to the community. You know, it's also working with with a tribe. Like they, you know, they have their own uh, governance, their own customs. Uh, it's, a, it's its own culture, and for whatever degree that I'm being trusted to get to be a part of that is feels really, really like an honor. And I hope that I can keep being, um, just being a part of that in a way that that feels good to the tribe and feels good to Chirp and and that that my son can continue to learn from.
0: Well, Ember, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks so much for being our guest tonight for our listeners out there you've been listening to stages among us on kvmr discover how you can make a difference by tuning into our show every wednesday evening at six thirty. 30. Uh, and again thank you ember uh, we've been speaking with ember amador executive assistant and community outreach coordinator for church uh, thank you for joining us to our listeners and thank you to our great engineer tonight keith porter thank you taylor